This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of College Dame Day. If you missed us last week, we had a little bit of a uh, technical difficulty with the record button. Um, it was a great episode, you just have to uh, trust us on that one. But we're excited to be back. Our best and, ever. <laughs> yeah, it really was our best, for sure. Um, we're excited to be back. Not so excited about some recent changes, or maybe we are. Uh, but we'll talk about the big news coming out of Nebraska football. We'll go through some notable losses of some ranked teams this week. And we'll look forward to the upcoming matchups on Saturday. So let's get it kicked off talking about, obviously, the biggest update that Scott Frost was relieved of his duties um, and Mickey Joseph was named interim. What are your what are your thoughts on this? Well, my first my first thought is. I feel really bad for Mickey Joseph. I feel like he's being set up for failure and it's not fair to him because it's like. He's one of our own too, like, and to do this like right before the Oklahoma game, like arguably our biggest game of the season, I just, I don't feel like it's fair. I feel like there's so many things I don't understand about it because it's like Scott Frost hired Mickey Joseph. He hired all the people that are still there. So it's like you trust some of his decisions, but not just the ones he makes during the games. Like, I I don't understand. I've never understood firing just like a head coach and not firing any of the other like position coaches because like in most cases that head coach has hired them and that was his decision. So it's like, but there's some area of the football team that's not performing. So why is just the head coach? Like, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't. And I don't I don't understand firing him when we could have waited a little bit, saved millions of dollars, use that to get some talent on the team, like throw that into some NIL deals and use it for good. Like I just I think it was a a poor choice. Again, I know I'm not like privy to everything Trev Alberts is and maybe he had a reason because I have heard a lot of rumors coming out now about certain things. But it's like, why are those coming out now now that he's gone? Like, that's just odd to me. Yeah, I was surprised by the timing as well, Um, more because of the game against Oklahoma. But I guess if we can't beat Georgia Southern, we're probably not going to beat Oklahoma anyway. So actually, my first thought, okay, back up. My first thought was someone needs to do a wellness check on Amy immediately. I was really surprised. um, But then when I was talking to mom and dad, they were saying, Maybe some of the rumors that you're hearing, Amy, was that because Trev Alberts is friends with Scott Frost, maybe he wanted to go ahead and fire him and, you know, give him the extra money just to kind of send him on his way with, you know, good relationship with the university still intact. Um, I don't know, but I think I'm not surprised that it happened. It just wasn't working. I don't know what wasn't working or why it wasn't working, but I think by this point, you know, we're not seeing improvement. We're not seeing progress. It was probably inevitable and it almost feels to me better to just rip off the band-aid. So my question is like, what, 
what does this change just firing the head coach? Because, yeah, something's not working, but my, my issue and like really like thinking and like diving deep and stuff, I feel like what people don't want to talk about is that like we have a talent issue, like we have a lack of talent issue. And I, I don't understand. Everyone says like starting from scratch, starting from scratch. We're not starting from scratch. We, we fired one person. Like all of the department heads are still in charge of their departments. Um, Eric Chenandler is still like, I'm sorry that like our offense is, is fine. I, I think like they're, they're doing their job. Are they perfect? No, but they're, they're clicking. Our defense is what has been so abysmally atrocious this year. And it, the, the thing to me is that I don't know that it's a coaching issue. Like our corners were getting burnt all night long. We had a good defense last year with the same coach at the helm. Like, I don't think it's a scheme issue or um, whatever you want to call it. I think it's a player issue because our defense was was really good last year. So, like, to me, that says it's a talent issue. And if you hear Mickey Joseph's um, press conference yesterday, he's like, we have to be faster. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> yeah, but how are you going to do that? Because unless your strength and conditioning coach sucks and needs to be fired, they should be at, like, their peak fastness that they can have. There's a ceiling on being fast, you know. You can develop it somewhat with with weights and stuff, but there's a ceiling on that. So it's like, how are you just going to be faster? Because he's right. Like, we we are just too slow. Like, that's the problem. Like, pull more safeties or something. Like, I, I don't know what the, the issue is, but, I mean, what the answer is. But, like, we're too slow on defense. So it's like, I'm, I'm kind of on a rabbit trail, but my original point was, like, we're not starting from scratch. When Mickey Joseph was asked what he's going to change, it was basically nothing. It was their off day is going to be Monday instead of Sunday now. And that's pretty much it. Um, it you know, when asked about the defense, he said, we need to be faster and we need to tackle better. Tackling something you should come into college knowing how to do, but it's whatever. I just, I don't know how he's going to change what he, like, what needs to be changed because it's I don't think it's like a coaching issue it's a player issue so like a talent and I makes me sad saying that but it's like I don't really it's like how are you going to get kids that like live down south in the nice warmness where all the the good teams are down south how are you going to get them to come to Nebraska where it's cold and it's snowy and it's like I love the winter I love the snow but I realize I'm an exception to the rule so how are you going to get these kids to come I don't know. I just feel bad for, for Mickey. Okay. So <laughs> I will put my two cents in here. Yes, please do. I will. <laughs> um, if it's a talent issue, though, we should have no problem beating Georgia Southern. Because you can't tell me that their recruiting and their talent is, like, so much more elite than ours. So Or Northwestern. But, but or Northwestern. Like, but, if we were losing to, like, Wisconsin every year or Ohio State, I might be like, okay, like, I get it. You know, we just are, we just can't get over that hump. But, like, if we can't beat Georgia Southern, like, I, I guess, I don't know. I I tend to agree. I don't think some people are kind of high. Like, okay, I think that the, the higher or promotion of Mickey Joseph is going to turn the season around. I don't think so. But I think Trev's hand was kind of forced after that Georgia Southern loss. Because we all were expecting it after the Northwestern. Mm-hmm. But I think he he had to pull the trigger, I think, for the sake of the players. 
after that Georgia Southern loss. And and again, maybe he wanted to give him the full contract of $15 million to smooth things over. I don't know. But I, I think that that kind of forced Trev's hand. I think Mickey Joseph actually has a little bit of, like, if he does poorly the rest of the season, no one's really going to blame him. I think everyone's going to be like, well, you know, he's just riding out this season. And so I think he actually doesn't have almost any pressure on him. We're not expected to win Oklahoma. So if we, we at least look decent, everyone's going to be like, wow, hey. So I think he's actually in a no-pressure situation here if he I doesn't do well. He's like the first black coach at any position at our university. And if he doesn't do well, you don't think there's pressure on that? Not, I think, at, any, not yeah. at any position at the head coach. He, he himself said, when they asked him in that press conference, he said, like, of course the goal. They're like, are you wanting the job, basically? The head, are you wanting to be considered? And basically he was like, like, yeah, that would be the end. Like, I can't remember his exact wording, but it's like, of course, that would be something that, you know. The dream come true. <laughs> yes. And it, yeah. so it's like, I, I think there is pressure because, and he's like, but I understand it comes down to wins and losses. And so it's like, I don't know. I, I just think yeah. the way it was done, the timing with which it was done, it sets us back. And I think that's not fair to the players. So like, you know, yeah, Scott came in, had his chance. It's whatever. I don't know what rumors are true, what or not, but like doing that to the players like that. So you think Scott should have run up, run up the season? Um. Yeah, I think I, like, I don't know what, where like there's a break in like unless it's like maybe a bye week or something um but I just like five days before our biggest game of the season six days or whatever I just don't I don't think that's the right time I I, yeah I guess like for me like middle of the season is is very like I don't know, because Mickey Joseph was, like, he was, like, that's our brother or whatever, and the kids are hurting and stuff. It's, like, I don't know, have him take a different role or, I don't know. I just, yeah, during the middle of the season's hard. And some of these names that they're throwing out, that that's the part that scares me more than anything. Like, yeah. like Scott wasn't getting his, like, Scott wasn't getting the job done. He Like, he had his chance. It's whatever. But some of the names I'm hearing for his replacement, I'm just like, oh, dear Lord, I do not okay. like that. So what are some names that you are hearing that you like and dislike? I do not want Urban Meyer. I do not. Oh, my gosh, no. Me too. I'm, I'm right with you. Name I keep hearing over and over again, and I am like, I will take Scott for another five years before <laughs> I will take Urban. Okay. Why don't we want Urban? Is character, or you think he can't coach well at Nebraska? I think, I think character is a bigger issue, and I think it's – more than just the character, I don't think he would be a good fit culturally. Yeah. Okay. Character is a huge. I mean, look at Bo Pelini. Like, if he didn't work, then there's no way Urban Meyer is going to fit. Like, from a cultural personality I standpoint. Bo, I think it's a little different. Like, Bo Pelini had, like, anger management issues. And yeah. Urban is more of, like, straight up character like I don't know how to explain like moral <laughs> I feel like they're both like a lack of self-control <laughs> well yeah I guess just manifests itself like in discipline just in general you know kind of comes from the top yeah so I'm also hearing Mark Stoops um, I, I would like that one I just don't think I don't think he'll come I don't think he'll come and I also think 
Nebraska is not like Kentucky. Kentucky is a basketball school and they were very patient with Mark Stoops. Like they have let him really mm-hmm. build slowly there. And Nebraska is like, we need this to happen tomorrow, please. Yeah. Mark so Stoops is in like a win-win situation now. I don't know why he would leave it. Yeah. For Nebraska. I don't either. I really, really don't want Matt Campbell. Oh yeah. I've heard that. And I've heard that guy from, um, from, was it Washington or Colorado? What, who was it? Oh my God. Washington's coach is retired right now, at least from last year, isn't he? I'm talking like ages ago. I'm like, is he still alive even like that? (laughs) (laughs) He's just a figurehead. We'll just prop him up. Yes. Well, Matt Campbell, Uh Iowa state. Yes. The last coach we hired from Iowa State, Fred Hoiberg, <laughs> still yeah. working on turning around the basketball program. So I know that's not apples to apples, but um, Matt Campbell, again, I, I guess I don't know. I don't know where I stand on that one. I can't give you a reason why I don't like it. I, maybe I'm just too close to the situation. I'm having trouble being objective, but like, I don't like it. I just, it gives me a really bad taste in my mouth. Like, I don't know why, because he's probably a really great guy. I just I don't, don't want not, him in Nebraska. <laughs> I I'm just, not, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't want him here. But I would take him over Urban Meyer any day. Urban Meyer is like the absolute last thing I would want. Oh. I just Mike Riley. Yeah. Bill O'Brien, that's who it was, the Alabama OC no. was another name. Yeah. I don't know. He's got experience in a lot of different areas. So I, again, I don't know. I, I just think like, I don't know. I feel like whoever comes in, like we have a lot of, um, expectations that like Nebraska fans and Nebraska, mm-hmm. whatever, there's a lot of expectations, but not a lot of, I don't know. Support's not the right word because there's support, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, honestly, I don't see us being good for a long time. Like this, this decision sets us back. I just, uh, define, I don't define good though, like national championship or like being able to contend for the big 10 West. Here's what I would say good is going to a bowl game. Like, <laughs> okay, yes. Let's so see where our long. bar is. That is progress. Like, if we could go to a bowl game, I would take That's that for so next That's so sad to me that we're saying that. It's so sad. I know, but, but, like, you have to set realistic expectations. You can't go from the bottom to the top in one year. Like, you've got to have, like, stepping stones. And I'm this like, is this is literally our next stepping stone is a winning season. Like, this six is and what seven. I'm worried about, though, is, like... Yeah, Scott yes. couldn't get the wins we needed. But the thing that he did do that people don't I, – I think people have forgotten, we used to get blown out by Ohio State, even under Bo Pelini, under Mike Riley, under Peterson. Like, we would get blown out. We, we don't get – we haven't gotten blown out in a very, very long time. Like, we are in every single game. We were in every single game. You know, Michigan last year, like, we were in games, and I, I – I just, and I know he couldn't get over the hump of like winning the close games and that's a problem, but it's like, I still do think he moved the program. Like, I don't know. I'd rather go into a game thinking there's a chance to win it than just like hoping the score isn't by more than three or four touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I don't remember why I brought that point up, but Okay, is so, there anyone that you guys are interested in? That was going to be my question. So who do we want? 
Okay, I'm gonna throw one name out there. I'll that take I'm Nick Saban. Bye. Yes. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll take him. No, um, I would be interested in entertaining the idea of Lance Leipold, who is at Kansas right now. You really like him, Megan. I do. What about like, Sam Pittman? How about him? Me, no, I don't think he would be a good fit culturally. <laughs> I think he is where he belongs. I like Lance Leipold. And did you guys watch the Kansas game? They beat West Virginia. They beat Texas last year. Like, I think, I mean, he's only been there. This is his second year. I do think he has demonstrated an ability to turn a program around. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. But I would how be. About, how about this? I would be interested. Yeah. I'm going to throw a name out there that in no way will we ever get. Okay. But if we want to go two for two on hiring Nebraska players, Zach Taylor did turn around the Bengals. Oh, he does have head coaching experience. Mm-hmm. I feel like so there you go. Pro doesn't correlate to college very well. Like I feel it's very yeah. rare that that a guy is successful on both levels. And Pete Carroll doesn't count because he's a cheater. So um, I just I don't know that that would necessarily translate. I'll tell you who would be interesting. Ed O. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Brian Kelly might be available. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want either one of those. Obviously, this isn't a perfect situation. It's not a good situation. But the best thing for this situation, I think, is Mickey Joseph rising up. He is. I like having one of our own. I like having someone that was, like, on the team back when we won a lot, like, that understands that culture. Mm-hmm. I just – I think the best situation for us is Mickey Joseph rising up. Maybe we can get – like, I just had this feeling that we were going to knock off Oklahoma this year, which I get, like, <laughs> optimistic feelings. Okay, I get optimistic feelings, like, but I just had this, like, strong feeling that that was going to be our turnaround this year. And, like, it's less <laughs> it's less of a feeling now <laughs> of everything that's happened. So yeah. the feeling went away a little bit. But, like, could you just imagine if, like, Mickey Joseph was our savior? Like, he's one of our – like, I really want it to come from within us. It's, like, one of us, you know. And You he don't want to our... date around and have someone fall yes. in love with us. I don't. I'm already here. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily going to happen because, like I said, we're not starting from scratch. We're not mm-hmm. – so, like, everything's the same. So, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't – I don't – again, I don't understand what the point of everything was. But – um. That would be the best case scenario right now. But yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm at least looking forward to, if we don't have any um, talent or uh, offensive defensive changes, I'm excited for a little bit more emotion on the sidelines. Um, something I noticed like Clay Hilton and like other coaches I see is they have excitement on the sidelines. And then when they're talking to their players, you know, when the defense is on the field, he's talking to the offense, he's huddling them up, he's getting them energized. I didn't see that a ton from Scott, and so I'm excited to see kind of that happen more. I know everyone keeps saying Mickey Joseph is a player's coach. Everyone really likes him. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully he does well. Mm-hmm. I, did, um, I did like his answer because, um, like, everyone kind of was, like, trying to make it a race thing when he first got on, and he was like, this is bigger than me. It's not about that. It's about Nebraska being Nebraska and winning again and stuff. And so I did like a lot of what he had to say. I do feel bad for him. I think he's being set up for failure, but if he can somehow do something, I would be really, really happy. But yeah, again, I think, I think um, this was a 
a mistake. So, yes, the diversity is always bigger than one person. Alrighty, well, let's move on. Um, there were there were a lot of notable losses. It was not a good week to be a ranked team in college football. So um, let's start or off with a team, favorite team, even yes. So let's start off with um, Texas A and M losing. Surprise, Megan. I know you're not big on Jimbo, so you probably were like knew it. I mean, I'm not. Like, do you think he's done anything there? That that's the number one recruiting class. Um, didn't look like it on the field. Speaking of talents, you know, they have oodles of talent. So there's no excuse for that, in my opinion. Um, and Megan, I don't know if you uh, if if Kentucky, the state was riding high on Saturday, but beating Florida. So maybe it. maybe Mark Stoops isn't a bad option. Called it. It's because I have Will Levis on my fantasy football team. I was like, yeah. I need to have a big week. Will. I won by three points this week, so I needed every right. points. Well, he, he came through for you. Did yep. you see at the end where he couldn't watch the kicker? No, I didn't. <laughs> he was like so nervous. He had to turn his back to the field. <laughs> so they were pretty, pretty pumped to come away with a W there. This is a game I did not watch, but I noticed um, ranked matchup BYU beating Baylor. Yeah, I watched the first half of it um, and it was it was a good game. I mean, I think it went into overtime, two overtimes, maybe. It did, it did go into overtime. This is, again, because of my fantasy football the guy I was playing with had Baylor as his defense, and so I was like, okay, BYU, I really need you to, like, score some points on them and take points away from his defense, and they did. They came through for me, so it's because I was cheering for them. Yeah, and then, Baylor was number nine. That was shocking to me. <laughs> that was the real surprise of the night was that Baylor was ranked so high. I guess I didn't realize that. And this one might not have been a ranked matchup, but you know the only thing that can help Smooth over Nebraska loss. An Iowa loss. An Iowa loss. And it's sad that we're there, but let's admit it, we all felt a little bit happy. <laughs> I so. was much cheering for that. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since they've been able to beat Iowa, so I was like, if they can do it, maybe we can too. It's like the year of changings. Yeah, well, I think if there's one thing our, our offense, or I mean our defense needs, it's Iowa's offense. So. <laughs> You don't have to be fast to play against them. I know, yeah. I know. We might have a chance of that game. <laughs> Petrus, Petrus will fall down on his own. Did yeah. you guys see that? <laughs> he like He's... sacked himself at one point. <laughs> He's so bad. He's so bad. Amy, you had a good joke about Iowa's um, yeah. predicted score coming up. I I did. I saw it on Twitter, but I thought it was so funny I had to repeat it. But it was like um, there, Iowa's favored by 23 over Nevada. So that's 10 safeties and a field goal. <laughs> Which it's true. It's like I can't see Iowa even scoring 23 points, let alone like 23 more than opponent. I don't know. I guess it probably would be 23 because they have a good defense. But, oh, gracious. That's, yeah. Because what was the Iowa State score? Iowa State, Iowa score. I, I think it was 10-7. They only it? scored one touchdown, right? Well, do you know what the under-over was in that game? Mm-mm. No. It was 40. Yeah. When I heard it, what, Rachel was looking them up, and she had me guess, and I was like, it's got to be single digits. I mean, maybe 12. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So, I feel like that's a pretty good no name. You could have just won a buttload of money. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, taking the under on Iowa's games is a smart call. Yeah. I'm going to look it up for Nevada. Well, I mean, it has to be at least, you know, what, 
in the 30s, maybe. Okay. Okay, so it's 39. Might be pushing it. <laughs> so I still think we take, I don't know the Iowa covers unless their defense does really get them any, yeah. or, or they get like scoop and scores or something. Right, right. Yeah. Anywho. So, the other thing to cheer us up besides Iowa losing is our fun segment, Football on Fleek. Amy, go ahead and introduce it for us. Okay, Football on Fleek has a fun little title this week. What is it? Best Main Mullet Mania. Okay, this is why I was actually looking for mullets because of the Mullet Mania title that Laura put in there. Um, well, I was titling my section Mullet Mania. It's oh. going to be best flow or best main. Okay. Well, yeah, you did take a lot. Of, although I do have an issue. So you put um, Graham Mertz in there. And his is like, I don't think he should be on that list because he hasn't like fully committed to the mullet. It's like a, a partial. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like it's too long on top and it takes away from the length and back. And so it's like he hasn't fully committed. Yeah, it's more of like a mop. Yeah, it's just a like mop. mop, yeah. A bowl cut. That's yeah. why I think he should be, like, crossed off the list. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So you, you're going to give me Quinn Ewers and Noah Ruggles? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, everyone needs to look up Noah Ruggles, by the way. R-U-G-G-L-E-S. Fantastic flow. That's, yes, he has fully committed. Megan, you took it a little different direction. Who do I you did. have? I did. You guys took the best mullets, and I did not consult this Google document before I came up with mine. So I went with just best hair. And in the spirit of thinking outside the box and being creative, I have decided to have everyone Google Trevor Romaine. He is the Oregon State kicker, and he has quite the beard. So the whole Slash aesthetic. Slash chest situation. Yes, yes. There's a lot of creative body hair being expressed by Trevor. This guy like, looks tough. I feel so, like in positions, though, they they like. They have to go in one of two directions. Yeah, and they have yep. to, like, yeah, in order to have, like, a personality or whatever, they have to just, like, be super ostentatious because they're kickers, you know? They don't, yeah. they don't yeah. get on the field much. Well, anyway. He definitely stands out, so he's made, making quite the statement. Amy, who would you like to contribute? Um, so I looked at the Mullet Mania, and I wanted to pick someone from Nebraska, and I think the best one in recent years, well, besides, um, oh, what's his face that cut his after we yeah, lost? Yeah, what about our tight end? What was his name? Uh, Stoll, Jack Stoll. Yeah, he's Jack Stoll. A very nice one. But I wanted to pick a current player, and even though he did, like, his is more of like a mop now, too, he used to have a very great one with Garrett Nelson and like his visit where he comes <laughs> and and Stu is like looking at him like what is this creature <laughs> like right next to me it's a very funny picture so I'll post all of them but it um it makes me laugh plus his hair is just so like yellow it's like corn yellow yeah, I was gonna say the corn hair <laughs> A true, but it's like corn he didn't get toner in there at all. Yeah, so yeah. it's like corn yellow. Well, I think I have the winner. This person has not played football, but they probably are the cutest the little mullet. So we'll post a picture to our Instagram and Facebook page. 
it's a little hard to see, but uh, there's definitely some hair in the back, and we're working on growing some hair in the front. So <laughs> you'll have to check out the cutest mullet, big, uh, cutest big red fan. And again, we'll put that on our Facebook and Instagram page. Let's talk about the top 25. So again, some shakeup this week. One, two, and three, Georgia, Alabama, OSU. Bama should fall, correct? Because they struggled against Texas. Correct. I actually thought they should have been number three. I would have put Ohio State above Alabama. If you're, well, and obviously the rankings weren't right, but if you beat a number five team by double digits and then you beat a lesser team by one point, you should fall going by that logic. So I agree. So there's some SEC bias, just more proof. Yep. Proof. Yep. Um, Alabama, was Jared sweating some bullets on uh, Saturday, Megan? Things things were a little tense at our house, yes. Um, I, I was surprised by how undisciplined they looked. Alabama? Yes. I mean, they had 15 penalties, the most under Saban, like ever. That was a record that they set. I'm surprised Saban's still alive. Like, he's getting up there in years, and that game had to be rough on him. Did you see his hair at halftime, though? It looked like, (laughs) it was like Einstein, sort of. I mean, he was looking rough. He clearly had a rough day on Saturday. It was a very close game, 20-19. So, do you think it was just Alabama's off day, undisciplined, or do you think Texas is the real deal? Here's the thing that I think most people don't think about. I don't think Alabama knows what it's like to play in the morning. They they always have prime time. It's always at night. They don't have to roll out of bed that early normally. I think it was honestly a bigger, and I'm not making excuses for them because they just didn't play and you got to show up and play. But I think that was like rough for them playing under the sun. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. I thought when Quinn Ewers went out that it was all over for Texas at that point. And I was really surprised by how resilient they were. Mm-hmm. Um, they played out of their minds. The question is, can they continue to do that week to week? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Cause they were clearly up for that game. Yeah. So I think the next few games will give us a little bit more information on Texas and Alabama. I mean, it was definitely an off game for them, but I will say this. I was, I was surprised by Will Anderson who was, a Heisman name that was being dropped. He was probably considered by a lot of people to be the best player on Alabama. And he was making the dumbest mistakes. Like he probably lost any chance. Like I know as a defensive player, you're not going to win the Heisman, but like any chance that he had to even go, like, I think he lost that on Saturday. Um, And final takeaway is, they should be so thankful for their quarterback who basically, I mean, gave them a chance to win at least like he is so calm and so like good under pressure. I just, I thought that was the best part of Alabama's team, you know, offense and defense was Bryce young. Like he, he looked great. Everyone else was really struggling. So it was a a real shock. I liked seeing like I didn't want Texas to be the ones that beat them, mm-hmm. but I liked seeing them struggle just because it it reminds you that like anyone can be beat on any mm-hmm. given day. Yeah. Like, and I think 
I don't know, with just the way the college football landscape is changing and like, I hate it. Like I hate it, but like you have to like grab onto the coattails or be left behind. So it's like, um, yeah, I just, it's nice to see that they struggled. I think this was my takeaway is that you can be competitive for a little while because again, in our lovely podcast, it did not get recorded as I thought Texas would hang in the first half because I think Sarkeesian's such a good schemer and such a good offensive play caller. And I know he's the head coach, but I think he drew up a very solid plan for Alabama. And I think Texas executed well. I also think Alabama didn't help themselves by any means. So to Megan's point, we'll see what happens in the, the coming weeks. But again, I think you can overcome some talent deficiencies by having a really good game plan. And I think he put a a good one together. Yeah. And I didn't realize that Gary Patterson is working with the defense too. Now. Oh, from TCU. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that helped. It's just, I'm a little frustrated because it's year two for Sark. And again, I know it's one game, but it's like, they're already contending against Bama. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. Frustrating. Alrighty. Well, are there any upcoming games this Saturday guys are looking forward to the most? This is kind of what I was going through the list. This is kind of everyone's easy week that's, you yeah. know, ranked. There's not a lot of ranked matchups, but anything that you guys are specifically looking forward to? I mean, I am looking forward to the game day being in Boone, North Carolina, um, because I didn't realize this, but App State went into College Station and they were originally planning to have game day be the Miami-Texas A&M game. So App State goes in. Not only do they beat the number six team, beat Texas A&M, collect their check for, you know, however many millions of dollars that they got paid for that game, then they stole game day from them, too. So I'm like, you know, it's <laughs> quite the flex by App State, and I'm here for it. Which... You mentioned on the podcast that did not get recorded, Megan. You said Georgia Southern's an upset team and also Appalachian State. And then what do they do? Yep. Sure enough. Yep. Stop scheduling them, everyone. I think that the Sunbelt Conference is a little bit stronger than what people give credit for. They're like the new American Conference. Like, because I like Georgia Southern. Like, they had a lot of talent. Like, I don't think they're as bad. Like, I don't think the spread should have been what it was in our game. Like, they're a better team. They're, like, they're going to beat some people this year, too. So, yeah. Well, for the record, <laughs> last week when we record, well, when we had our podcast conversation, I said I was nervous about Georgia Southern. So when nervous. I saw they So nervous I forgot to push record. <laughs> It was me, everyone. Is but when fault. they put 60 points on any team, like, that's a high-powered offense. I don't care yeah. who you play for, what conference you're in. So, yeah. Um, well, good news for Scott. Clay Hilton, who was doing a good job at Georgia Southern, mm-hmm. was fired from USC. So, yep. Scott, maybe you just need to go to a different team. conference. Right. Right. And, I, I mean, I was, like, I do hope that for him. Like I do, too. Yeah. I think we all wanted it to work out at Nebraska, and it just wasn't. Um, I honestly feel bad about him leaving UCF now because he had a really good situation yeah. going on there. And, like, you could tell, like, when everyone was saying, oh, he's going to coach at Florida, I was like, no, he is loyal. He's either going to stay there or he's going to come to Nebraska. He's not going to Florida. And I think it was actually a hard decision for him deciding to come to us. Yeah. And so, like, 
I think he probably really regrets like leaving there now. And I like, I feel kind of bad cause he, it was working. He had, and, um, that was like one of the things that got me thinking about it too, is Mackenzie Milton, like wrote, I think it was him, like wrote a letter and it was like what Scott did at UCF, like, and it wasn't like, it wasn't rude or derogatory, but it was basically like Scott doesn't have the talent in Nebraska that he had there, like, and being at a school in Florida where you have so many, yeah, like Georgia, like there's so many people. So obviously there's more prospects and it was just like, he didn't have the talent here and he was like, he wasn't going to do the same thing that he did at UCF because he didn't have the talent here. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, still kind of yeah. bad about that whole situation. Well, the two ranked matchups this week um, that I could find is tra- <laughs> transitioning back to our actual topic. <laughs> um, number 12, BYU and 25, Oregon. Based on BYU beating Baylor and Oregon's getting steamrolled, I, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen either team play this year. I've just seen scores. But, like, I, again, unless this is one of Bo Nick's games where he shows up and actually plays, like, I don't. I don't see Oregon beating BYU. Do you think Texas A&M bounces back against Miami? I don't know that they do. I mean, I think I would pick Vegas. Miami this game. <laughs> They're staying on that struggle bus right off the cliff. <laughs> if we're going down, we're taking Texas A&M with us. So. That's right. Well, like, I- there is some truth, and it's like obviously you have to be above this as a team because if you are the best, you got to beat everybody. But it's like – Texas had every reason in the world to, like, try and be Alabama. You know what I mean? Like, there was not really pressure. Like, no one gave them a chance. Um, and it's like, there's no pressure. But it's like, when you're the one expected to win and then you get beat, and then it's like, they're expected to win again against Miami. It's like, where's the, like, where's the drive to, like, I don't know. It's like, where you have to, I don't think they have a, I think they have a lot of talent, but I don't think they have a whole lot of drive. So I think they might struggle, too. We just need right. to get players with heart. That's what we need, which is so hard. In, in <laughs> and like, Amy, Amy's like, we don't have talent. And then she's like, we need players with heart. <laughs> well, because we're not going to get the like <laughs> top talent. We're not. But it's like heart can take you some places that, you know. Talent cannot. Talent can't. Well, that's not true. But <laughs> it like the, it can get you a little bit of what <laughs> talent has. <laughs> get you close. Yeah, it's true, too, though, that like in in close situations, the people with more heart, I think, have the advantage. And so apparently we don't have a whole lot of heart either. It's just sad. Were there any other matchups you are all looking forward to on Saturday? I'm only looking forward to ours. I'm just. You are or you aren't? I I am. I'm that's the only one I care about. The, the okay, well, what are your- that, that Mickey Joseph was talking about, which again, like, I don't know, but he was like, most, um, most teams have like two DB coaches, like one for safeties and one for corners. And we only have one, which again, we did find last year when we had the talent, but what are you smirking about, Laura? Cause you're literally <laughs> like this outline means nothing to you people. <laughs> No, it really doesn't this week. It's like, this outline is following the Nebraska. It's just this chaos. This is Amy's processing her grief, I'm, okay? Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. It's You're all right. part but, of the process. Continue. Let her go. But listen. 
But that I feel like that is our only shot at like our defense being it is like if we get some safety help because we don't have the speed at the corners like we do not. And I get that we're a young team. So maybe it's just like getting smarter can help us out. But we are going to get burnt like Oklahoma has a good offense. We are going to get burnt if they like expose us. And if you notice the two interceptions were by safety help. So that's our only shot because our defense is just so abysmal right now. I just feel like, and I don't know how Mickey Joseph is going to, because he said something about um, maybe like pulling somebody to work. I think like Eric Chandler is going to actually work with maybe the safeties. I can't remember who he said, but um, I'm just like very, yeah, I'm very interested to see our defense this week because um yeah we're not fast enough on the corners so hopefully we can get some like help back there but um some of the questions though did you guys listen to the um what is that called press conference yesterday yeah there's oh. a lot of stupid questions i know i'm like why do we not ban like if you ask a stupid question you should get banned like the the guy that was like are you still working with the wide receivers are you putting and he was like no i'm putting cat like that's a good question he's like no i'm putting cast with them i'm gonna focus more on head co- head coaching stuff now like that's a good question but like some of the questions i was like this is embarrassing like uh, like i made a few notes let me pull them up here Someone asked, like, what attributes that he has he hope his team embodies. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. strength, was, grit. Somebody was like, how are the players feeling? And he was like, how would you feel if your coach and your brother got fired, right? <laughs> it was like, yeah. it was funny. It was like, good, let him have it. Like, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, but then then he was like, too, he, like, he started off, like, some of his, his and I get this is probably his, like, first time, but it was like some of his questions he knocked out of the park and some of them were like, because he was like, we have to get better at three phases of the, of the ball game, offense, offense defense, defense. and special teams. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that one is going. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Okay. Well, yeah. it is true. It is true. All three of those need some marks. So. All right. Well, should we throw out our score predictions for Nebraska OU? Sure. Okay. I'm going to, I'll start off this time. Okay. Since we do have to pick Nebraska, <laughs> since it's a Nebraska podcast. Yes. I'm going to say we keep it close. So I'm going to say 33-31. Okay. I like the optimism. I'm going to say our defense cannot keep it that low. So yeah. I will say 48-45. We're um, going to hit the field goal at the end. <laughs> I'm. Yeah, that wasn't fair to that kid. I think we should have taken a shot at the end zone. But anyway, um. Or, or what I really wish we had back now is if we just had a little more time, that um, run that Trey Palmer had where he stepped out of bounds, he only had to make like one defender miss because the other guy was getting like blocked on the sideline. I think he could have scored. But anyway, it's over and done with. Um, Here's where I'm at. Uh, Our defense, I don't see stopping Oklahoma like at all unless that you know, getting faster <laughs> happens real quick. Um, so I'm kind of stuck. But on the other hand, I think Georgia Southern's offense was, like, very, very good. So 
I'm in a difficult situation here. I'm going to say 53-51. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see what our, our defense can do. We will see a new head coach on the sideline. Maybe Amy will be excited if he wears, what was it, gray pants and a, a red uh, polo. But uh, we'll. I don't care forward. what he wears as long as we beat Oklahoma. Okay. Like, I don't. Because I really, really wanted my, like, intuition to be right this year. I just felt like we were going to get a big signature win. And I felt like it was going to be Oklahoma. Um, so. Oh, maybe sorry. maybe so. it'll be Wisconsin. <laughs> They're not looking good. <laughs> yeah. It's not they a signature win. That's, yeah. not, that's not a signature win. Um, but it is for us. <laughs> the thing, though. Oklahoma struggled against Kent State at the beginning. Did you guys watch the game this past no. Well, it was on at ours, so I was, like, not paying super attention. But it took them a while to score. And, I mean, they did pull away at the end. But it took them a while to get going. So, it's like the North Dakota game with us. If we can, like, stay in it early and, like, morale, you know, maybe, maybe something can happen. All right. Fingers crossed. So, Thanks, everybody. Good to be back, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content.